almost vaccinated here, boys. Ooh, Halfway nice. there. Got my second shot on Saturday. Let's go. Two more weeks and I'm out, I'm out here indoor breathing all over the place with my friends. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's like huff a bag together. Honestly, I can't wait. I can't wait to breathe through not a mask in a room that smells bad. That's like really <laughs> what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been missing all my, my friends smells. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to have to redevelop those. Like, you know what? Griffin's coming in. Well, yeah. <laughs> that scent, that sense memory is just gone. Yeah. Like I used to be able to ID anyone by scent, but now it's like, I got nothing. Start knowing from scratch. What's the first thing you guys are going to do when you come back? Like, what's the first like thing? Not not maybe the first thing, but like, what's the first big thing that you want to say? Like, I'm back in the world. Here we are. I just want to go to a fucking house party. Just a house party. That's it. Yeah. I just want to hang yeah. out with my friends. Either, Talk to no one. Yeah. Either the first PWR <laughs> yeah. party of post vaccine times or I, I, I within a week of getting a vaccine, I'm going to spend like eight hours in a movie theater. Like I'm just gonna go see like four or five movies in a row. They're gonna have. They're not. They're gonna have to force me out. They're gonna have to drag me out of the theater. I don't think I'm ever yeah. gonna go to a movie theater again. <laughs> I've been you and I feel very differently about this, huh? Look, HBO has shown me that I could just watch new movies at the crib. And you prefer that? You prefer the the crib viewing? You have a nice setup oh, for that. I didn't feel like I lost anything when I saw uh, mm-hmm. Kong versus Godzilla, just because I was in my mm-hmm. room. I still saw the same movie. I'm good to go, baby. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I have a big thing about bigness. I love to see shit being huge. So, like, if, if I, I can see it. Kong, if I see a Kong on, like, a giant fucking 50-foot screen, that's always going to be a little better for me. Also, I like it loud. Um, I, Yeah, I want to see Kong at the Hollywood Bowl. That's what I want. That'd be um, fun. That's a, that's yeah, a whole like thing. A, that's like an experience. Yeah. And, and I think, though, like the one thing I do miss more than just the size of the screen is that there is a, you know, an energy to viewing things with other humans in the same room. Even if you're not like, oh, or like, you know, there's just a there's a vibe there um, that I miss. I will say, though, that like Godzilla and Kong did translate pretty well, I felt like, to the home theater experience. And when most people are like, complaining or like bitching about it be like most people i see are like watching like a macbook air or something yeah. i'm like well no. you're doing that to yourself Buy a yeah. tv it ain't gotta be a yeah. crazy tv tvs are cheap TVs these are like 150 dollars yeah. now yeah yeah exactly that's that's definitely true um i also want to go see live wrestling sergeant floyd that's a really good one i think um, that'd be fun. yeah and i yeah my thing is like Honestly, what I want to do is when I go back to DC, I want to go see whatever the big action movie thing is at the Uptown Theater, because that's one of those theaters where it's like everybody's yelling at the screen. It's fucking no rules, just right. Fucking party time. (laughs) And like that shit's my favorite. Just like me and like 70 other goons in this like with this huge screen just being like, no, Ryan Gosling, like, don't go in there. You'll get your head chopped off or whatever for two hours. Mm-hmm. And like no, that, my, Ryan Gosling's not even the movie, but you say it anyway. Yeah, that's like yeah. a thing you um, have to say. It's like part of the also, experience. I'll say this. Uh, the fucking people in the uptown, myself included, don't always know who the actors are. And I'll just say in names, especially because it's <laughs> it's in D.C. So like there is very much like a, a a black Latino contingent who just do not give a shit about distinguishing between white actors. And I respect that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. It's either Matt Damon or uh, fucking Ryan Gosling. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Those like, are the options. I've definitely I, been to movies of the uptown where Ryan Gosling's not in the movie and someone's been like, get Ryan Gosling out of there before we get shot. And it's like, that's, that's Adam Driver. What are we doing here? It's like, I mean, I, I feel for any like non-white audience that has to deal with like four Chris's like what? I mean, come, what are we doing? Like that yeah. at that point, that is like we are 
like it's a riddle. It's like we are testing well, like, people just, to try right, to figure it out. You don't have to worry about the Chris's. You're you're Thor or you're Captain Kirk. <laughs> True. You know, true. You're, 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 yeah. you're just your main character. America. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yes. I don't got time to differentiate the Chris's. But, and yeah. no. And honestly, no one should have to. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's a bullshit yeah. ask of our society to have to make those distinctions for sure. <laughs> and when, when I see Kumail Nanjiani now, I barely remember his name. I'm like, that's the guy from the Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that what movie that's out. <laughs> um, well, speaking of out. We're out with a new episode of Game Boys. We have come out and we are proud to be here once again with a returning champion, Dominique Johnson. Welcome to the show, Dom. What up? We're so happy to have you. Of course, I am Griffin. And I am Lux. And Haley, our producer, is on the Wobble Ones and Twos, editing it and making it sound good. Nice. And um, we are we're happy to be here. We wanted to do just a few war a few a few minutes of catch up with Dom, maybe see just like what's going on, if 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 he's played any games, if he hasn't, just what the vibes are. And then before we get to the core of this episode, which we'll be talking about in depth the anime series Attack on Titan. That's right. We're dipping into just nerd culture at large. Um, and we're very excited to talk about this series. But in general, Dom, how how have you been? I'm I'm good, man. Uh, I haven't played a video game in a while, though. Um, nice. I, I still have my PlayStation. I still have the games. Uh, I feel like there's no rush. I can play them when I play them. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got a few more years in this thing, I think, yeah. before we leave again. At least. At least <laughs> before the next pandemic hits. Yeah. Also, it's like, the thing with the PS5, this has been one of my experiences with the PS5, has been like, I got it and I was so hype. And I'm realizing that I'm still like a month away from the games I want being out. Yes. Like I'm mm-hmm. just sitting here. Fucking Resident Evil put out what they called a gameplay demo of the new game. And I downloaded it and I was so excited. And I was like, I'm gonna fucking play this demo. I've been waiting for this game for like a year. I'm so hyped. And it was just footage of the gameplay. It wasn't even a playable demo. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I downloaded nine gigabytes of a trailer. That's awesome. Um, and I was pissed. And it's like, that's been my <laughs> PS5 experience. has been like, and there's fun games like the Miles Morales Spider-Man whips ass and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's been, and so Odd World's been really fun, stuff like that. I've enjoyed, but it's just like the big titles still aren't out and they're just like taunting me now. Mm-hmm. Like today, MLB 2K21, the show popped up and it was like releases April, 20, April 19th. And I was like, oh, dope. That's today. I'll download it. And then after the podcast, I'll play it. And I downloaded it and it finished before the podcast. So I tried to open it up and it was like, oh, this game is available at midnight. <laughs> and it was that just, doesn't sound like that big of a problem. It's just bullshit, though. Like it's <laughs> it's available the day after the day it says it comes out. It's consistently just taunting me. Yeah, what my PS5 is officially dusty. It, it, it's, it's funny that we like we like fought blood, sweat and tears to get these things. And now they're just like dusty. And we're like, yeah, one day we'll play stuff on these. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited to play it, though. I mean, I'm excited to play the fucking MLB game. I love making a making fan. I, I like make I like sports games like making dynasties. So in the show, is that the one where you can charge the mound? Probably because there was one baseball game that I love to play where you just charge the mound. Oh, you're thinking uh, of the, like, Kon- the Konami one. What was the Konami one called? That was the I, same I series. Know. That was the same series as like NHL hits and NFL blitz. Oh. There was a baseball one where yeah, you could charge the mound or throw the ball at a guy and it would be like on fire. Do they not let you do that in the serious version? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna get it. Uh, I'll be able to play it tonight at midnight and then I'll let you guys know. But if, if any any like 
sports game that adds a fighting mechanic that doesn't normally exist in the game, I think is pretty cool. All right, I, I want to clarify something to charging magic missiles. I know midnight means the next day. April 19th means <laughs> April fucking 19th, which is today. <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't be. That would be April 18th, 1159 or something. Yeah, or it would be exactly. April 20th. <laughs> Mm, yeah, that's tough. Um, which is 420, puff puff dozier, let's go. But uh, maybe I'll just like take off work for 420 and smoke weed and play a baseball video game. I mean, it sounds like you already made up your mind. Yeah, I just had a really good idea. Um, sick, sick, like, things are feeling like, great. I feel like 420 is so played out. I think I'm going to take some cor- some kind of uh, some abstinence or some sort of, uh, I don't know. Just drink. What do monks do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like uh, an austerity pledge, a pledge of ascetism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could drink instead. Yeah, I could. I could like, I could take photos of me like drinking and driving, and being like happy 420. I'm doing a 420 show, and I'm a, I'm gonna be drunk. You're gonna be drunk for the 420 show. Yeah, I don't like being high. That shit ain't fun. But being drunk yeah, though, you get, that shit is fun. Do you, as get, fuck. do you get anxiety, or why don't you like being high? No, because I, I don't like being high because I, I get high, and then I'm like, <sighs> I guess I'm fucking high now. Mm-hmm. This this shit ain't fun. You just want to sit there. Yeah. Uh, you don't know when it's gonna end. I know how many mm. beers I have to drink before I'm like drunk. I can monitor <laughs> myself. Sure. I, I have no, because I don't smoke weed, so I don't have a, any like mm. tolerance or frame of reference. So I'm just smoke. I don't know one thing from another. God forbid I take an edible. I'm I'm down yeah. for the count. That'll get you. That- the Actually, problem too is the weed is too scientific now in here in LA. They're like, this one is like 45% THC. And I'm like, can you not do that? Can you fucking relax? Like I'm 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 trying to like get high. I'm not trying to like develop a new paranoia or something. Or like, <laughs> right? Just you know, where the regular like, weed at. Yeah, it is true. There's been like a growing push for mids to come back now that all weed yes. is super good. So many people are like, I want just okay weed to be back. Uh, not me, because I have the tolerance of like a large animal because I smoke <laughs> weed constantly. But like other folks, I get kind of want that. And that's I smoke weed. So speaking of anime, uh, which we're going to talk about later, my relation to weed is like, you know, in Yu Yu show, he has both the shotgun blast and the spirit gun finger laser. Uh, yeah. The way that <laughs> my brain works normally is the shotgun blast. Where it's like all over the place. I'm thinking about 55 things. But when I smoke weed, it becomes the fucking spirit gun single laser and i'm just like one target hyper focus and i'm fucking in it and so it's like the best way to be for me to like smoke weed or play or to watch a movie or play a video game is just like very stoned and deeply focused i don't know um, how anybody does anything high last time i was high was for another 420 show and i stood on stage and couldn't even do my bit so i was like how do y'all <laughs> do this y'all motherfuckers are always <laughs> talking about being high on stage or driving high i'm like i can't even gather my thoughts you motherfuckers live like this it i'll give you a pro tip the pro tip is to develop a severe liver condition that's (laughs) drinking related have to stop drinking for several years and then start smoking weed in a really serious way that's sort of how i did it you know what fair (laughs) enough once i have to get Uh, rid of this vice i'll pick that up yeah Mm -hmm. exactly that's sort of what it was i was like i need something to deal with my many problems (laughs) um so i'm gonna up the weed meter big time Mm -hmm. uh and it worked it worked out great Um, yeah 
Uh, well, well, on that note, I feel like we have warmed things up here. We, I do want, because we probably do have a lot to talk about, yeah. um, because we are talking about the series Attack on Titan. Uh, it is an anime that has been around for about eight years now, I believe. Um, even though it's four seasons, there's been a lot of gaps between it. And it is uh, kind of uh, probably one of the biggest uh, animes to be uh, around right now. There's plenty of discourse brewing about it. Uh, Lux recently just caught up on all of it. There is still a final season left um so uh, you know some of this is going to be you know conjecture or guessing but i do want to warn everyone listening now that we will be talking you know lots of potentially spoilers for seasons uh one through four um dom attack on titan what's up so i started watching it I, turns out i think when the first season had a uh, first come out and I was like, oh, this is fucking dope because it was just monster fights, right? And mm-hmm. the first season ended, and I guess there wasn't like an immediate second season, so I just stopped watching it for years. Uh, it took a couple of years off to have season... Uh, it took it took a little time between season two and a lot of time in season, yeah. season three and as end, well. I just yeah. had forgotten about it. But I was like, mm-hmm. I remembered how good it was, these fucking monsters. And it turned into a thing that I wasn't expecting and had to recalibrate but um, I love it. I think it's fucking phenomenal. So, so what is the thing that it turned into that you weren't expecting? Because I do agree that like the from the first season to where we are now in the show, like the first season to me, it feels like sort of almost like a horror anime. Like well, it is so bleak yeah. and like so uh, devastating that like in a lot of ways it plays like 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 horror for a lot of season one. And, and that's what I thought it was going to be. So. They have the attack. You don't know what's going on, right? And then they get this this crew together, and then they go beyond the wall, right? And then mm-hmm. it kind of, I was like, oh, shit, they're beyond the wall. Then you find out there are these different types of titans, and I thought it was going to be that. Like, what's life like in this, like, hellscape that no one's ever uh, had to deal with? And then it turns into, like, a political thing. Turns out it's, like, a, mm-hmm. a whole big old thing with mm-hmm. one race versus another race and kings and fucking who made the titans and why so and that's when it and that's what it turned into a show that became a show that became, had a lot more discourse sure. around it yeah then it wasn't uh, just a lot more takes yeah the yeah. moment i remember the moment i was like i'm in on this show was when they first go out beyond the wall and immediately have to turn around and come home Mm-hmm. Like where they yes. just get dunked on by the like they they capture the female titan she escapes everyone dies they have to run back to the city and everyone in the city is like oh look at these fucking dorks I was like all right this show is good yeah yeah, yeah it's like bitch you go out and fight monsters yeah, it built yeah so much tension so much yeah the I had the simultaneous attitude of like these dudes are killing themselves but also like fuck you man you want to talk shit you go out there and do it like yeah. right. there's so much good shit in there and that's like the moment I was like this show is good to me. I think the core thing that is so, especially in the early season, so sort of like fresh and so just sort of uh, like uh, like almost hypnotizing is like they put all of these characters in the in the most impossible situations, like the most dire situations possible so that when there are those moments of success, it, it feels so earned and so hardcore uh, because they really like most of season one and early on is putting children basically like young kids uh, into, you know, life or death scenarios where they're most likely not going to get out of it. And from that 
like these action set pieces are so much more just fucking full throttle because yeah. of that. Whereas like in like a Western show or like a Marvel superhero movie, like the character is just like kicking ass the whole time. It never really feels like there's like all of this opposition that they have to surmount. But in Attack on Titan, it is just constant, constant brutality and stakes. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like that. Not everybody was like fucking Levi. Like mm-hmm. he 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 could do that. Cause he was fucking Levi Ackerman. The rest of you motherfuckers, you you might not make it. And save Aaron, you never knew who was gonna die. Cause literally any right. of them could die. And they'd be like, well, hey, that's what life is like inside the walls. Yeah. And yeah. Levi is such an interesting character and one of my favorites because like Levi is like the perfect human like like the most the ultimate specimen of like humanity right he is just like unnatural killing machine that like cannot be stopped but like it goes to show that like even if you are the ultimate human like we live in a complicated world of politics and relationships and 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 honestly fascism that like not just like one perfect human can like prevent and yeah. they're like like someone as incredible as levi still can't stop a lot of the horror that occurs in the show and i think that's like what's so fascinating about someone the existence of levi in the show well, that and he also has like some very human problems right like we get that flashback mm-hmm. shit at the end of was it the end of season two beginning of season three where like we see him like with kenny and like learning about how to be a murder man and like forming relationships to like this assassin guy and other people around him and like irvin And like, Mm -hmm. he's very much a human character. Like he's very quiet and he's very super skilled at killing shit, but he has very human struggles, which is another thing that I think separates this from a lot of like, for instance, in a lot of animes, you have like your Goku or your Yusuke, well, your Yu Hakusho is exempt from this because it rules, but like you have like your Goku or other characters who are the best fighter guys and their main concerns and main emotional arcs are all fighting related or are built around fighting or built around power. But Levi's like, and he wants to kill the Beast Titan. He wants to kill the Beast Titan because he promised Irvin he'd do it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, he has these struggles with, like, is it worth protecting Aaron because he gives a shit about the people who die because they're doing that uh, yeah. in a way that humanizes him that makes his, all it, the shit what his conflicts are Unlike most people, his conflicts are never, like, the physical conflict because that's the part where he can always win. But it's yeah. just the fact that, like, the world is so complicated that, like, that's not enough. And, and that's what I love about Levi. But, like, I, I want to zoom out because there, there are so many, like, different rabbit holes we can go down with the show. Um, but I want to talk sort of, like, bigger about sort of, like, the discourse around this show. A- as Dom alluded to, season one is about sort of people surviving within these walls and these big, large titans who eat people are on the outside. Um, then as the seasons go on, we discover there are people outside the walls with sort of evil intentions. We discover that, um, you know, there's nations outside the walls and that people are sort of uh, fighting against each other. Um, and and I, 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 there's a lot of things to talk about in this show, but um, I guess I wanted to start with and just see where you guys wanted to go with this was this show to me, like talks a lot about fascism. A lot of people on the internet think that it is an endorsement of, of fascism or that it is a show that is pro fascist. Um, and, and, and I guess like, what do you guys think about that after watching the show? Uh, I think this show doesn't have shit to say that's specific to fascism. (laughs) Okay. Um, it, it, it makes its argument is applicable to fascism, but isn't specific to fascism. What I mean by that is that what this show is really about for the most part is the way that history is never actually about the past. It's all about justifying the present. 
that history is a narrative that people create and interpret to make the things that exist now that they like be justified or be viable. Right. Mm -hmm. We see this all over the fucking show. We see, obviously there's the founding Titan wiping everyone's memories on parody. There's the people in Marley who say that the Eldian empire was like a genocidal psycho group. There's the Eldians mm -hmm. who say that the Marlian empire undermined like a utopia to build itself. We later yes. learn that the Marlians and that it was actually other Titans who undermined the Eldian empire in the first place. And the Marlians never even did that shit. Like it's all about that. And the, the part of it that is relevant to fascism, right? Is that that's how fascism works, right? It's, but that's also how every other political structure works is to sure. create an accounting of history that justifies the perspective they have. Then the, the reason people think it's fascist because there are camps and shit in it, which is true, but it's not like the show is even really saying these camps are good or bad ever. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think the yeah. show definitely thinks that the camps are separating people in a bad way. Um, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't necessarily contend beyond the fact that it, it's set, beyond the argument the show makes, which is that all of this shit is bad, right? Which you get from like Sasha's dad and Armin, uh, yeah. who are kind of the moral centers of the show, who are just like this whole situation's fucked. Um, yeah, they, and I think the biggest the biggest point that I, I definitely like see what you that I can pull out of that Lux is like the show's about the like how the lies that we tell each other like separate us even though we like have a, we share a common humanity yeah. is how i feel like i'm getting from the show yeah exactly and how like people who don't participate in my history are excluded from that history do you know what i mean and mm -hmm. it like reduces their humanity um yeah. and how that's pretty fucked and that's like i think the big takeaway from the show and i think it's an awesome like it's a thing i just talk about in general a lot so it's really cool to see the show doing it um, but I think it's a big part of what the show is doing. And I think that's cool as shit. What do you think, Dom? How do you feel about the show being I think weird it's like and kind of Nazi? Kind of get into fascism with like a lowercase F. Uh, because like Griffin was saying, that's a good way of saying it, yeah. it's it's uh they, they talk about the shit, but nobody nobody is good. Neither side is good. Like I think one interesting part is when one side does something, you're like, oh yeah, you know what? That that might make sense in some kind of twisted way but then you see mm -hmm. uh like like what, what's her face that, that weird little girl uh who uh oh, killed gabby? Sasha, yeah, gabby uh gabby yeah the fan, then she the fan hated on. gabby everybody I hates her. her but she's talking strong and does this shit and then when she's like face to face with somebody who she can't bully or she can't kind of uh sucker punch with a gun then she shuts mm -hmm. up and i think that's that part is interesting because that's kind of how all of them operate. Everybody thinks they're fucking Superman until somebody else comes along and proves that they're not. So everybody's just like one up in each other. And they're mm -hmm. like, well, you're bad. So I'm going to fucking do this. All right. Well, you got Titans. I'm going to come out with these robots who fight Titans. All right. Well, you got those. Well, we were going to do uh, <laughs> come up with the rumbling or whatever the threat is. And mm -hmm. everybody is so intent on their side winning that they lose the big picture of we really don't have to do none of this shit like you yeah. can just live your life and right. i think that's appropriate for shit that's going on right now which i think people totally. start drawing parallels i don't think it's fascist parallels necessarily i think it's just general people thinking that their group is somehow oppressed yeah. or better than another group so they mm -hmm. have to defend that totally yeah. I mean, I think that's that gets at like the the show sort of only has like a couple of good people on it. You know, like it's like Armin and Sasha's dad and that's it. 
and Sasha's I, dad. And like, yeah, we and Hanji we might Sasha's. be the only good person who's like a, like oh, a she's, warrior. Hanji's good too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ha, no, Hanji comes and goes, man. She does a lot of uh, medical experiments that are pretty creepy. <laughs> and fucked up. Like, she, does, she, she does torture people. She's yeah, on some real yeah. Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> shit, but she's close. But like, yeah. but like, it is, it's true though that what you're saying that like this, it is a, a lot of this show is like people get so caught up in their own narrative of what the world is that they perpetuate it in like shitty ways because they just have to. And that's that like that culminates in fucking Zeke being like the only way to make my worldview work is to make it so Eldians can never have babies again. Yeah. Like, yeah. How does that, yeah. How's that like your go to option? You went from A to fucking mm-hmm. a, a letter we don't even know about. Yeah, I, I think it's based on just like self-hatred and just feeling like it would be better to not be born at all than like live in a world that like treats you like some sort of, you know, other is I think like where it comes well, from. It's I mean to to be a big a big books nerd, uh, Arthur Schopenhauer, everyone's favorite super depressed German man, uh, wrote an essay called "Tis Better to Have Not Been Born," the premise of which is basically that the vast majority of people who are born have a shitty life, uh-huh, and that like yeah. being born is basically a gamble on that you'll be born to a situation that doesn't suck, but most people's situations mm-hmm. suck. Um, yeah. and that's basically what Zeke is saying is that like. Either Titans will be used as weapons and kill other people or they'll be oppressed and suffer terribly or both. And mm-hmm. like Dom was saying, like you f- the, all these characters are following their ideas for like and one upping each other and following their logical endpoint that if your idea is that like Eldians will always be oppressed. Well, the only way to stop that is to get rid of the Eldians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and I wanted to. I- I, I think that like, yeah, like what you're saying, Lux, is like there's so many different narratives and, and I think it's so brave for a show to put this many conflicting narratives into their story and trust that the audience is patient and thoughtful enough to to like to to kind of understand that these are conflicting narratives and that's the point of it. Um, whereas I feel like a lot of shows are like, wait, then, so then what's the truth and what's not? And it's like, well, questioning what the truth is, is the point of the show. Um, but then like uh, to what Dom said about like feeling like the show makes you understand why both sides do the things that they do, that creates some of the most incredible action sequences where you don't know which side you're rooting for. And sometimes like there, there's a few sequences in season four where I'm like, I don't know who I want to win here. I kind of wish that both people survive this. And, and I think that is like such a more emotionally interesting action scene than obvious bad guy, yeah. good, perfect hero. And then it's just like CGI smash. I think like when you feel that like, it's like, Oh my God, both these people and, and all of the pain and trauma has led them to this position in their life. Uh, I wish neither person had to be in this moment. There's something really, I don't know, like fucking awesome about that. And really, Really interesting. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys about another part of discourse around this show. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I was really curious for Lux to watch the show as a Jewish person to tell me more about this, because there still are, even though you say it's like, I think there are a lot of allegories to World War II times. It's not a one to one, but I think there are things like armbands and camps and, you know, this race of people. And I think that's something that people like were specifically orbiting around as something that like could be seen as problematic is the idea that these Eldians can turn into monsters in a way that like there is this anti-Semitic trope that like Jewish people can turn into monsters or something like that. And I wanted to hear your take on that and like what you think about it. Yeah. So, so there's a few things there. I think I said this to you Griffin, that there's like three or four ways that this show could theoretically be read as anti-Semitic. 
Um, right. There's, there's this idea. And, and, what, and don't, and someone is reading them all that way. Oh, yeah. There are people there, out there, there trying to read them are, that way. And there are people who are seeing all of that and who are into it. Um, yeah. for sure. Uh, because you've got, you've got these people who are in camps who can become monsters and who are like, need to be put in camps because they're a big threat to the society. Mm-hmm. And that like, even when we see their free world, their free world is now like a militaristic threat. Look, that kind of proves the point. You also have like these Eldians who are secretly running Marley in the background, the Warhammer Titan family or whatever. Also mm-hmm. very like Jewish, super like cabal New stuff. World order. New world order mm-hmm. stuff. And that's all in there. But again, this is, this is my thing is that that's all in there. There's a lot of references to world war two. There's a lot of visual correlation to that. But when you're reading media, right? Every, Every piece of media, whether that's a a book or a movie or a TV show or even a narrative podcast or whatever, has a sort of ethical Rosetta Stone built into it. Um, And the question is just finding that. Right. I see. And in Attack on Titan, I get back to this again, the ethical Rosetta Stone, such as they exist, are characters like Irvin, uh, Sasha's dad, Armin, arguably Hanji at times, arguably Sasha at times. And these are all characters whose sort of main thing is that, like, we don't have to be this way. Right. That this is the the way that we are, the situation that we're in, all these problems are the result of a bunch of choices. But we could make different choices. Right. The the sort of most touching and sort of powerful emotional kind of ethical moment across the show for me anyways is when Gabby is revealed as being the girl who killed Sasha and Niccolo gives Sasha's dad the knife and is like, you can kill the guy who killed your daughter. And he's gives this monologue where he's like, we told Sasha to leave home to get her out of the woods, but it turned out she went into just bigger, more dangerous woods and being in those woods is what got her killed. And I think what we need to do is make sure no more kids go wandering in those woods. Right. And fucking Sasha's fucking dad. I'm going to fucking cry. Yeah, it's a, be- it's a, oh it's a beautiful monologue. It's incredibly well done scene. But my point is that like that's the ethical lodestone for the show, right? Is that yeah, that it's not good that those people are in camps. It's also not good. Those people are rising up and fighting back in the way that they are. None of this is good. And that's to me when the ethical lodestone of the story is saying all this shit is bad. It means that the show itself is saying, yeah, don't put people in fucking camps. And if you're if you ha- if you are in a camp, but then you get to leave and have a nuclear weapon, maybe don't launch your nuclear weapon. Like, mm-hmm. yes. And I think that it is, it is very it's an it, it, it is getting very nuclear in terms of the allegories to like having a super weapon and stuff. Yeah, for sure. With uh, the rumbling. Yeah. And but, I think but yeah, Don, what, Don, what did you think about it? Um, I mean, I didn't really see that. I mean, I didn't see much of that outside of like the very obvious shit um, mm-hmm. that y'all brought up. Uh, the one thing that I did think was interesting was when you, when, when you go through it and then you have an opportunity to kind of go back and rewatch some stuff, maybe skip uh, an episode here or there, but you see how Aaron just became like more and more indoctrinated. Um, I think the way that he went from, you know, a kid who was like, I have a reason that I hate Titans. All right. I saw my mom get eaten. And then it turned mm-hmm. into like, not just I hate Titans to I want <laughs> to destroy everything. Uh, and I think that's that's another thing that I think is kind of symptomatic of shit that goes on today is you get these people who, you know, you just like they did in the show. You find a kid who has a point of view uh 
based on one action or one perceived slight. And you're like, hey, you know what? All these motherfuckers did that. You can fix it, mm-hmm. young man. Yeah. And he, he's so even like when they have that scene at the table, when it's like um, when, when Gabby is there and he's like, fucking I cut my hand. I could explode at any moment. Uh, yes. He, he, he every point before that, you're like, all right, well, he at least likes these two people. At least mm-hmm. that's all he's ever talked about before. I love you guys. Everybody else sucks, but not you two. And then by that point, he's already so far gone. That he's like, I don't give a fuck about nobody. And I'm about to say mm. some mean, hurtful shit. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the world if I can. Well, yeah. Well, Don, here's a question. Do you think he means that shit? Because I've been going back and forth about that. I don't think he uh, means it. I, I don't think he means it. No, he doesn't at all. But yeah. I think he I think he 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 uh, his intention to hurt them is real. But I don't think he uh, means what he's saying about them. Yeah, he yeah. knows that they're the only two people that could stop him, and so he's got to push them away now before he goes in the deep end. Yeah. I, I, I completely see him like telegraphing that. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. I also think that he has to push them away, not just because they can stop him, but because like he has to sell that he's like done with these people to be bought, bought to be like undercover in the way that he I think yeah, he needs to be. Maybe, but I don't think he's undercover. Oh, I don't think, I think he's, he's doing his own thing. I think, I think oh, he yeah. said. I think he means the shit that he says. Oh, uh, I think he's. Except for I think he's him saying 100% he going to betray Zeke. <laughs> yeah. Well to, what, well, to what Dom said about about Aaron and sort of Aaron's story and Aaron's transformation is, you know, at the beginning of the, of the first of the pilot of the show in season one, Aaron talks about how when the Titans attacked, it was the first day he, rem- he was reminded that he was trapped in a cage. And every season... Aaron has expanded the world and realized there's another cage. He sealed the hole in the trost and then he got to the ocean and found out there is a whole other world out there and he's in a much bigger cage that still wants to put him somewhere because he's different and 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 will never treat him like you know like like a human. And and I, and I think that this like trauma of being caged your whole life, like is what has like brought him to this point where he would rather just end it all than have to, and to finally feel free for the first time. And yeah, it's like, he's doing the wrong thing, but it, it's like, we saw it from the very first episode. Like this was the path Aaron was set out, like set out on to be free. Well, he's always had two thesis statements. Our friend Aaron, there's two things he yells all the time. <laughs> One is like, I live in a cage and I want to be free. And the other is I want to kill every Titan, every single one. Um, <laughs> and those are like clearly like the two sides of his deal. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see how he's going about doing that and like which yeah. takes precedence and what matters to him more or less. Right. Um, um, there, there was also this thing, I, I, I not to like go back too far, but when I was thinking about the Eldians turning into Titans and stuff, there is this like feeling to me of it feeling a lot more like the, like honestly, like the experiments that Nazis did on Jewish people in terms of how they inject the Eldians like with Titan fluid in order to like transform them and things like that. I think there's a little bit of an allegory there. Um, And also I like, I don't think the show has ever confirmed to us that, normal people won't turn into titans when they get the titan fluid i think that that could potentially be another greater big lie that the world tells like i mean maybe it's just eldians but like 
who's to say that like when anyone gets put with Titan fluid, they don't turn into a Titan. I'm not sure. And I think the show has been pretty ambiguous about that. that. That's an interesting point that I'd never thought of, but I, they do seem to maybe be setting that up a little bit uh, because they are, they had already told the lie that uh, if you uh, inject the, if you ingest the spinal fluid, that when Zeke screams that you're going to freeze up and then they're like, oh, well, yeah, nobody that, froze mm-hmm. up. So that obviously that was a lie. So, yeah, like you're saying, that could end up being a lie that only aliens can turn into Titans. It, it, it may not pay. It may not play out that way. And that this is sort of like a big brain theory I had. But, um, yeah, I, I felt like the show, if, if that's not true and it really is that it is there's a certain race of people that can turn into uh, these monsters. I think the show is making the point that. Even if that racist trope were true, these people are still people and they are no different than anyone else. And so it's like it's taking sort of a risky but like brave statement on that, like on that sort of like racist idea of of like others. It's like, well, even if they do turn to Titans, they, they, they're still humans and they still have fears and hopes and wants just like everyone else. Right. I mean, that's like the the thing Aaron says that like temporarily fractures Reiner's brain right is like Mm -hmm. when they're in the they're in the basement thing with uh with Falco and he's like incredible scene he's like I I you know I I remember you guys knew were in the scouts then I came here and it's like no matter where we go it's all people we're all just people Mm -hmm. like whether you're Marlene or Eldian or whether you're a Titan or whatever we're all just people um Mm -hmm. and I think again that's like a another sort of ethical position for the show and b kind of speaks to what you're saying that like the show is sort of making this contention that I think is a good one that even if there are whatever kinds of differences, that doesn't mean that those people aren't worthy of the same respect as any other kind of person. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a good thing to say and a true thing to sort of follow through on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's just like in so many ways, like this show has a lot to say about how we live in America today. And I, and I feel like it could talk like, I feel like I wish, I wish it was bigger on the American scene. Uh, the, the, you know, even though it is really big for an anime, I feel like the show, this show. And I feel like the boys have had a lot to say about like American mm-hmm. society and just sort of like certain, certain energies that exist in our current American zeitgeist. Um, that's the heady stuff guys. But this show also is rock and roll just insane action and i did want to have i want to mix it up with a little fun for a second and be like what is some of the most memorable scenes in in this show for you in terms of the action i think for sure 100 percent. even though there's there's a lot of like dope fights but that uh things like the second to last episode uh or like third to last something like that when uh fucking uh levi uh, Zeke had just uh, screamed all, all his uh, mm-hmm. Levi's homeboys drank the spinal fluid and they're like they're fucking titans now cutting them up cutting them up mm-hmm. yeah. and then he goes we, and fucks we, up we, homeboy and starts we chopping him up for a final fight with them oh yeah. my god that shit was amazing yeah I mean, cause, cause, because like that for that scene we were always hoping for another standoff between the two mm-hmm. because their fight at the end of season three where Irwin's charge and everything and he fights the beast like, like he won that but the beast titan got away so we we're always like looking for that rematch and I knew it was coming yeah it was perfect I texted you a few weeks before it happened actually Dom and I was like I just realized they're gonna fight again I was so happy to see that shit <laughs> yeah the um part the part of that that popped me super hard was uh Zeke's face when Levi escapes his trap 
mm-hmm. where it was just like it was and like I feel like this is the kind of moment every Marvel movie wants to have. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where the bad guy is like and the bad guy and the audience is like, how did you do it? Like, yeah, he's shocked and he's terrified and he's realized that like he can beat Levi by like scheming around Levi on like a certain macro scale. But like mm-hmm. he can't beat Levi in terms of just yeah. like the guy like he can beat Levi by breaking Levi's world in half. But like he can't mm-hmm. just beat Levi. Um, yeah. The moment he realizes that fucking bangs. It's so good. His eyes just go wide. His mouth like drops open and we cut to just see this like blur of swords and like black <laughs> hair flying yeah. out of the forest covered in blood. And it's like, my God, this dude is the best. Yeah, it's the might of humanity. It's it's this sense that no matter what comes in this world, in this life, like humans will persevere. That's yeah. how I feel about Levi. Yeah, that's um, that's been my second favorite fight moment. My favorite fight moment, I think, actually is in season is like the end of season two when mm-hmm. they're in the cave. Uh, and there's oh, the, and there's all that's season smoke, three. That's season three. Oh, yeah, beginning of season three. And there's all the smoke yeah. bombs getting shot off and they have to like insane dodge through the smoke. And there's so many like guy comes in from the like outside of frame to like hit some dude or like is in the shadows and pops out. I thought that was just mm-hmm. animated so beautifully because it's all shades of gray and, and, and like, uh, yeah, it's like mostly all grays and like all these like low, co- like bursts of contrast just popping up and like all this movement. And I just thought that was fucking some of the coolest shit I've ever seen. That, yeah. was, that was one of my favorite fight sequences because you felt bad for the people in the cave that were holding the door because the heroes were coming and you're like, wow, these two groups like have no choice but to fight to the death. And like most of them did not choose to be here. And this is about to be very sad. And like there was something intense about that that I was just like, let's go. Um, I would say like my favorite sequence is one that I talked to Lux a lot about. And it's the end of season three. Um, it's, it's this moment where it's just like, it's the final human army, like the final people that could ever fight against the Titans. And they're just all like massacred in this final charge. And you just think that the beast Titan has won. And then the beast Titan turns to his right and he sees the whole line of Titans have fallen. And all of a sudden his eyes get slashed out and Levi's there and he's like, oh no, this was the human I was warned about. And it's just like moments like that where it's just like, yes, like all of the fucking stakes were stacked against these people. It, it goes to the lowest possible moment it ever could and, and they still fight through it. And it's just like, fuck yes. I was never, I've watched that scene on YouTube probably 10 times. And it's super confident storytelling because it's like, they don't show you Levi running across all the Titans heads and chopping them as he goes to get there. And they like, don't show you, they basically don't show you Levi's deal at all for that sequence. They like hint at it before it happens and then show you the aftermath. And they just trust the audience, like put it all together in like one frame and then like be in it. And it super fucking works. Yeah. That mm-hmm. shit was smart. It's like, who, who I'm just waiting for that. Like that Simpsons thing. I'm just waiting for the little guy to do something. When's he going <laughs> to get in the fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that also has my favorite line of the show so far, aside from Sasha's dad's monologue, um, which is Erwin saying, uh, my soldiers don't run. My soldiers don't hide. My soldiers don't cower. My soldiers rage and then charging headfirst into a line of monsters. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's when, some cold shit when he's like, you know what? We about to die. This motherfucker throwing big ass rocks. But fuck it. 
Hey. Yeah. Yeah. My I soldier's mean, rage I, is just the coolest shit to yeah. say in the entire world to me. <laughs> yeah. The soldier's rage speech, I think, is something that really, like, it, like it hit me on a very like inherent emotional level because I think today, like in terms of in terms of like uh, the political nature of America, the good things that we want to happen that seem so impossible and so far away and maybe could never happen. That doesn't mean you stop fighting. And I think in this moment, Irwin realized that they were all dead and like you fight till your final moment even if you're going to lose. And I think that is such a, I don't know, it, that really connected with me uh, in, in a way. And I was like, that's a really powerful uh, statement. That's like, even if you're going to lose, keep fighting because you, you believe in something and what you believe in is greater than you. And it, and you're, and it will mean something to people down the line. Yeah. There's a line in the manga that I think is replicated in the anime in various places, but I can't say for sure. But there's a line where uh, I forget who says it, but someone is like, we only lose when we stop fighting. Sounds like some uh, Captain yep. America shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like the good parts of Captain America shit. And it's like, yeah. And it, that, like that attitude I think is your right Griffin sort of this like really applicable to the world we live in now kind of attitude. Cause like, boy, howdy are things pretty shitty in a lot of ways for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But that's like not a reason to stop to like, just give up on stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like the only time you lose is when you do give up. And I thought that, I think that's like a good, component of this show this show does have the show feels very nihilistic at times and very bleak but does have a little bit of like so does that like it sort of is saying like everything's always going to be that way but like the only thing you can do is try your best mm-hmm. which i respect a lot as like a position to take yeah yeah um so sub or dub dom uh dub 100 percent dub whoa well, interesting I think mostly because i and this always happens with me when i start an anime if i start it with the dub i'm used to those voices so then totally. i have to switch to the I'm like i don't know these people your voices are mm-hmm. weird now it's all fucked up but I, that's i had to watch season four uh so then it was fine i mean you didn't you don't lose anything but i like the voices that yeah. i'm used to <laughs> I think whatever you start with, you have to stick with yeah. is the, is the deal with it. Because I tried to, I tried to show Gretchen some episodes of attack on Titan and she wanted to watch it with a dub and it like triggered me. And I could not like hear it with the American voices. I was like, that's not Aaron. I was like, this is some idiot. <laughs> Who's this fucking um, dork? My take is slightly different. Uh, I also have a dub. I'm a dubsman. Whoa. Um, uh, 2v1? I didn't expect dubs, this to happen, guys. The, the reason I, I do the dubs is that, like, I fucking like animated shit because I like looking at animated shit. And, like, the more time I have to spend reading subtitles, the less time I'm spending looking at, like, keyframes and looking at animations and looking at ray traces and looking at the lines. Um, And I, like, that's not fucking worth it to me. Like, there's a, there's a level where, like, the dub is sufficiently bad that, like, fuck it, I'll do the sub, because, like, the dub yeah. is making the show suck ass. Um, Cowboy Bebop is a great example, where the dub is, like, so much worse than the sub that it's, like, not even worth it, even though the art's amazing. But, like, mm-hmm. the Attack on Titan dub is good as hell. Those are good voice mm. actors doing good work. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. so let me just look at the fucking frame. Like, let me just see all the beautiful fucking shit these people are drawing. I care way more about that shit. Um... And the other I'll, yeah, stuff. I'll, I'll never, like, make fun of someone. Like, I'll, I'll never, like, look down on someone. Yeah, at the end of the day... Us? 
<laughs> well, because I feel outnumbered, and I and I, and I attack when I feel attacked. I'm just lashing out. You attacked first. Um, uh, but like it's um, I w- I would never like look down on anyone for it or anything like that because at the end of the day we're all team anime and and our numbers are legion. We need solidarity amongst anime viewers. Um, but I would say that look. When you watch a sub and you hear the voice acting, that is coming from the creators, the producers, the directors of the episode, and that direction is straight to the actors. Then you're just doing like a shadow of a shadow when you watch a dub. And it's like, yeah, I know there's directors. I know they're trying to accomplish the same thing. But it, I mean, it's it's like it's like listening to Green Day and then going to watch the Green Day musical on Broadway. I think the difference for me, and this is not always true, because, again, there are bad dubs. But I think people forget that there is sort of that translation isn't about literally replicating for a different language the thing that's in the original language, but it's about evoking the emotional stakes of those things, right? Or the yeah, intellectual like the cultural emphasis, the cultural emphasis, because right. sometimes the words might not like add them in the same way. Exactly. And so, the, so I think good dubs do that, right? Even if it's not the same direction, because like maybe the direction for how to perform a line in Japanese to evoke a certain emotion is different than how I direct someone in English to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there is like a big difference there. Uh, and people kind of forget about that. And like the subs V dubs are like, you're not getting the literal text. And it's like, Hey, you're assuming the subs are literally translated and well-translated, which is a big fucking guess. Um, cause you don't know. And B it's like, that doesn't matter because the translation is not about purely accuracy. It's about evocation. Um, and so that's why I don't buy that hundred percent, but I think you're like, right. That like those voice actors are the closest to what the person who made it imagined for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a nitpicky thing. Listen, we're all team anime here. I, I only lost like 5% of respect for each of you <laughs> because all of your other takes I agree with 110%. Uh, as as we get towards the end of this episode, we're going to obviously have to have Dom on next year once the show's over. Yeah, duh. So, Dom, oh, yeah. I'm booking you a year from now when the show is finally I'm finished. I'm looking forward to um, it. But, but I do want to hear your guys' predictions for how the show will end real quickly as we, as we head on out here. I, I said this as a joke, and um, I think to you, uh, Griffin, in a, like a fucking Facebook message. But I want the last episode to be 22 minutes of the rumbling. Now, no, it won't be, <laughs> but I would like that to happen. Just pure fucking destruction. And they can set up all the plot and story about how that happened uh, in the previous episode. But I just want that it's shit talking to be. for like eight episodes yep. and then just one episode of destruction. <laughs> now, that won't happen. I think what yeah. really will happen is that uh-huh. the rumbling will start. Uh, I think everybody I think and I haven't read the manga, so I'm probably wrong as fuck. But uh, Zeke and Aaron are both going to die. And then uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Armin and then Armin. Is going to be like, hey, guys, we did it. We survived. And then he's going to turn around like on uh, like the end of Thriller and be like, ah. <laughs> then you see his eyes turn into like a fucking Titan eyes or something. It's going to be wild. It's <laughs> um, I like that sort of a Freddy versus Jason ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not far well, from from my take. I mean, Lux, let's be real. I Pretty sure you checked out the manga ending, didn't you? No, I have not. I'm on issue. F- oh, I'm on issue 48 of the manga. I have like, oh, I, I have like 90 uh, issues left. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So uh, what's your? So then you can guess. So my guess is, I think Aaron's playing Zeke so that he can do a rumbling using Zeke's royal blood to do it. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to do. I think he'll either start the rumbling and get. So I think the first section of the season is like those Marlins who are invading at the end of season four. There's a big fight. Some stuff happens. Who cares? Um, once that's done or maybe during that, Aaron does like a smaller than the whole rumbling rumbling, I think, and kills like a lot of people, but not all the people. Yeah. And then I think the world is sort of like, OK, you win, boss. But then the remaining cool warrior titans plus like Armin and Mikasa and Levi and sort of like all the characters who we like who are left sort of come up with some like Death Star plan to try and take out Aaron and like probably lose. But like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm imagining like a Death Star run where like Levi and Mikasa are just like doing some insane like fucking flying hijinks and Armin has like some genius mega plan and like Reiner's mm-hmm. probably there and like, I don't know, like taking a bullet for a child or whatever he does. Yeah, I think that uh, I think I don't know about specifics, but I do agree that I think that there will be at least a mini rumbling of some sort that does take a lot of life. Um, but but I have to think that a lot of the problems the series started with was the founding Titan erasing people's memory. And my take is that this show ends with people forgetting the Titans ever existed. And I think that there's a lot of loss of life on every side, but I think that there's a sort of like that they discard the Titan memories from the whole world and that, it's not a perfectly good ending, but we hope that the future tells a better story that doesn't divide. I feel people. like that's a good ending, which also ties into my ending with the thriller ending. Yes, <laughs> completely. Yeah, Only one think, person remembers. Who do, you, who do you think does that erasing? Because I have now that you said it, I have like an idea for like that moment, which is very similar to Dom's thriller theory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I, to me, to me, it's like it's like an Armin at this point or someone like that. Yeah, I think it's Armin. I think that they like defeat Aaron. Armin eats Aaron and then erases everyone's memories. I think using, so, too. Using yeah. the founding Titan. And, okay then, and, and so it's not like everything's patched up, but it is on the onus on humanity to tell a new story and like start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably pretty good. I mean, that is that is like that. That is very tying into like the themes of the show of like liberation and freedom and like narrativity um and so i think that I mean, that makes a lot of sense all right well let's just for the record i won um and when i finish reading the manga i can tell you if you won dude okay ever since i got obsessed with attack on titan youtube thumbnails have been trying to spoil the manga for me like they put the spoilers in the thumbnail image it's so fucked up i'm like dodging left and right i don't know what's true or not um well this was exciting this is something i wanted to do on the show for a long time i really enjoy these episodes where we dig into like a little more like broader nerd culture than specific gaming and we couldn't have had a better fan on than dom johnson um dom where can the people find you tell us one last time about your country music music podcast and all the other good stuff. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on the social medias at the Dom Johnson. I have a country music podcast with me and my twin brother uh, called Country Brothers. We're black and we like country music and we're actual brothers. You guys get the pun. It's a it's a pretty solid joke, I think. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's good. (laughs) You know, uh, listen to it. I think you guys have a good time. Nice. Nice. And that's available anywhere you can find podcasts, All the podcast right? places. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, I'm going to plug something a little different this week, which is 
First off, we flipped Joe Manchin on the PRO Act. He he said he was going to vote for it today. Mm-hmm. Joe um, Manchin confirmed to read my DMs. Um, I guess that's one takeaway. Um, but that's huge news. But there's still three senators left. And if you want to help out, you can go to either bit.ly slash proact donate to donate to the phone bank things that are happening or you can look up your local dsa chapter or other proact phone banks online to make some mm-hmm. calls and help us let make it easier for people to get unions if we raise enough money we can create a sangria slush fund for Kristen and cinema uh where she'll be too sloshed to know what's going on we just gotta, and we'll pass the pro act we just got to get her drunk enough to think thumbs downs is thumbs up yeah we just have to, yeah, we have to hold her upside down. <laughs> like, hey, you dummy, um, it's yeah. opposite day. <laughs> but yeah, uh, donate donate to that or help out with that because it's a, it's a good cause. And like, look, we flipped fucking two out of five senators. We're 40% of the way there. Like, this is a doable thing. Put those Democrats on a grill. I'm flipping them. Uh, guys, as for me, twitch.tv slash Joomroom. We're starting to do some afternoon streams. We'll see you there. Um, that's all I got. And uh, remember to check out Haley on Add Eat Every Sound and Memory Static Podcast where she appears somewhat regularly. Uh, well, on that note, my soldiers rage. They tell my soldiers don't hide. My soldiers don't <laughs> cower. My soldiers don't ca- run. My soldiers, my soldiers rage. rage. Get high. Oh, incredible.